This is The Michael Bryan Show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show and I'm here with Derek Duchesne who is the CEO of Better You which helps transform lives using psychedelic therapy. So Derek, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Michael. I'm, I'm so grateful to be here. So for those that have honestly no idea what psychedelics are, how can they help? Break it down for those that are interested. Yes, yeah, so psychedelics is a uh, loose term, uh, but but the definition behind psychedelic is is a window uh, to to the soul. And so there's different kinds of things that can that can kind of give us a psychedelic experience. Um, and in our case, what we work with in particular is psychedelic medicine. And you know, for for many years, these these types of medicine for thousands of years, they've been they've been used uh, globally as, as medicine. In the United States, in, in the '60s, they became banned, uh, which then globally uh, followed followed suit. But they were they were used in the United States as medicine pretty heavily in the '50s and '60s. But this could uh, include a lot of things, uh, different types of substances, uh, hundreds of different types of substances, such as uh, ketamine, uh, LSD, MDMA, psilocybin, which is uh, magic mushrooms, and ibogaine, and, and all kinds of different uh, different substances that kind of alter our our perspective or our or uh, altered states of consciousness with our. Uh, relationship with with ourselves and the way that we see the outside world that makes me think when when you say psychedelic medicine it's making me think mental health and treating those those kinds of things how do they how do they do that in a way that traditional medicine ne can't necessarily do that that's an excellent question michael so in the the 50s and, and, and 60s uh Things like LSD and MDMA uh, were, were being heavily, heavily researched and, and, and used uh, at places like Stanford and, and, and then started there and kind of went across the country for things like, like depression and anxiety and PTSD. And the way that they, and they, there was a tremendous success prior to the war, war on drugs, but the way that it works uh, kind of a, a different, and it's, you know, that's kind of a, a very broad uh, statement because they, they all work, they all do very different things. Um, a lot of them kind of end up at the same with the same goal, but they do very different things and treat very different things. There's not like, you know, this psychedelic can help treats, you know, a multitude of things very effectively. A lot of them have are really effective for one or two things like depression or anxiety or a handful of things, but incredibly effective at one and where one may be too powerful or too different, you know, they can be really bad for, for treating something else. So if you, if you're looking at like a, at a broad scope, like say depression, uh, the way that we've been treating depression and anxiety in the United States uh, really hasn't changed in, in the last hundred years. And it's, it's very, very archaic, right? It's based off of Freudian and Rockefeller methods where you diagnose the illness and, and treat the symptom, but not actually design for us to, to heal. And what in and, and the serotonin hypothesis, right, which which uh, like one in 10 people in the United States is is on an SSRI or antidepressant and all of the antidepressant, you know, that theory is based off of the serotonin hypothesis, which has been debunked in recent years that uh, that's not where our depression you know, uh, stems from. So 
you know, all these people that are continuing to be medicated on things that are very, you know, can be very harmful for them and with a very low success rate. And what psychedelics do is instead of, you know, our traditional treatments where we're just treating the symptoms and then take, you know, just keep taking different medications to treat the symptoms. What this allows us to do a lot of the times is take that journey inward and instead of uh, putting a Band-Aid on it or covering it up or masking, you know, numbing us down so we don't feel sad or numbing us down so we don't feel anxious or covering it up and sedating us, it, it allows us to dive deep and, and process these these core issues and, or at least face them and give us the ability to address them and, and things that you know we were holding on to deep inside of us that maybe we didn't know we were holding on to or stuff that you know maybe haunts us uh, day in and day out and, and really affects like how we show up in the world and affects who we are as as as, as people and and our ability to function so there's you know a multitude of different things but if you look at um, like MDMA, for example, MDMA, the, it's now, uh, you know, in, in phase three clinical trials, or, or sorry, going into phase three clinical trials at the FDA for treatment of uh, PTSD. And the, the stats on it are, are tremendous for, especially uh, for veterans that are coming back, um, that are having very, very uh, strong cases of PTSD that aren't really functioning and it, some the stats something like seven out of ten of them after going through this program and these treatments would no longer be considered diagnosed with PTSD afterwards. So it's, wow. the stats are remarkable. And in in my case, uh, ketamine therapy, which a I didn't even know it's it's, it's technically a, a pseudo psychedelic, uh, but for me, like when I when I was going through the darkest uh, period of my life, and and I, I've always been a very happy person and humble, like, you know, grew up with, with nothing and always saw the opportunity and excitement and beauty of life and never thought that suicide or, or depression would, you know, would become, become my life, uh, or, or, or a part of it. And when it did, uh, you know, somebody had recommended when I had, had reached my lowest point, they said, like, I'm going to take you somewhere. It's going to, it's going to help. And they told me it was, it was a ketamine clinic. And I was, you know, first thing that popped through my head was that's stupid. That's a horse tranquilizer. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like why? <laughs> like, you know, like, and, and other people recommended take, you know, take mushrooms. You know, I, I was trying different things that my doctors told me I was, I was doing all the things that I was supposed to, supposed to do to feel better. And, and, and it was just getting, getting worse. And, uh, yeah, I never thought, never thought that, uh, I would say, you know, ketamine therapy saved my life. But it it it's I'm I'm so grateful that my friend dragged me into that clinic that day uh, a few years back because if he didn't I you know I probably wouldn't be here and it, what it did for me and and now why we you know why we started better you is that when you're you go through these you know dark cycles of of depression where your negative thoughts just become consuming you and and these these repetitive stories that we tell ourselves every day like you know and, and just the basic things of, of getting out of bed or brushing your teeth they seem like the most impossible or like you know the most challenging task to, to start the day and everything takes so much energy 
to to accomplish the smallest smallest things i wasn't really eating i wasn't showering i wasn't doing anything i wasn't responding to anybody i wasn't i, I just kept getting deeper in this hole and telling myself every day that you know i'm not worthy of of love i'm not worthy of of living the world would be better off without me and and you know when you start going down those cycles and, and they get worse and worse you really start to believe these 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 things and like nobody nobody takes their own life because they're thinking clearly right their their brain the brain is sick and when you go down the traditional paths and, and nothing's helping you and you start to think that nothing can help you and nothing nothing will help you and you lose hope and when you get to that point like in, in my opinion I after after my session I was well, I was floored I was blown away I I thought how is there how is there the cure for suicide and nobody knows about it nobody's talking about it because I went into that clinic you know hours before the night before yeah. about to end my own life and my friend that came came over when when I was at my lowest point uh that that saved me and brought me into this clinic the next morning it 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 was the first time in a long time that i felt this connection to myself and this connection to to the outside world uh, it felt like like it, it was an immediate separation from from these thoughts that i was drowning myself in and from ruminating over things that had happened and and you know in in the past year that uh, that was really you know really challenging and 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 it allowed me to separate from those things and and look at it from a different perspective and understand that these thoughts in my head or these things that happened were exactly that they're just thoughts and they're just things and and create that separation they don't define who I am and feeling this sense of yeah this connection to myself and the outside world made like almost immediately you know in, in the following days or as I felt like I didn't even recognize the person that, that I was going into that session or or the fact that I things had gotten so bad uh so that's <laughs> uh yeah that's a I'm not sure if that answered the the question correctly but that was uh my experience with with the medicine early with a form of the medicine early on which uh which led me to uh, this wasn't looking at it and how to help other people or, or professionally at the time because I was still afraid to talk about it and I saw my darkness and my journey as, as a weakness and and you know that I never thought that I would get to that point and I didn't understand it like when you know when you hear about somebody that that takes their life or, or you watch the news story on TV and, and my, my thought was always how, how could they or this person was so successful and so loved uh, how, how, and I didn't understand it and, and hearing all the things that people say, like, this is selfish, or that was a drug overdose, or they should have done X, Y, and Z. Like, we don't know, nobody knows what anybody's really going through. And, and then, then the pandemic hit, right? And everybody's, I realized that, you know, now there's globally, there's so many people that their lives are shifting uh, very quickly and very rapidly and people are losing you know their families their homes their careers and it's a very challenging time for for the world and it's like how I, I, there's got to be a way that I, that 
other other people like how how can we save people from making that final and irreversible decision and help them feel connected to themselves and the world and that love again and that's that's what led us to yeah to 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 where we are today wow well Derek, thanks so much for for sharing that i appreciate you uh getting all person with us there can't kind of been too easy to share and there were loads of talk about things like talk therapy psychedelics in my view anyway just based on this conversation is there's elements of you're going to experience the thing because the substance or drug in air quotes is getting you there where you could do talk therapy and you may or may not experience it based on your openness your honesty your willingness to go through the process am i right in saying that or do you think that there's a bit more to it you're yes, you're you're absolutely right, and and I'm not knocking talk therapy at all. I think everybody should should talk to someone, and and you know that's not a friend or family member that you can unload and get things off and 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 try to get perspective on. There's also the you know the other side of it where like I, I was in therapy when you know when I had prior to really becoming suicidal, and and while I was there, right, I I. I've now worked with you know a lot of people, thousands of people that all come from uh, going through you know going going to regular therapy sessions, talk therapy, and and they're have, they all have treating psychiatrists as well, and not all of them, but most of them, and so they've they've been on different types of of SSRIs or or antidepressants or benzos or et cetera et cetera, and they're they're going through talk therapy, but our brains are, are very efficient machines, right? We, we go from point A to point B. And once we create these, these thought patterns, as time goes on, we get deeper and deeper and deeper, right? And, and the more that we think about something, the more we ruminate it. And this is, works for us in a good way and in a bad way, right? But when it starts working against us, is, it, is when it becomes harder and harder for us to break out of these, these uh, dark and repetitive thought cycles or, or anxious thought cycles or stress, stressful thought cycles. And what psychedelics can do and, and, and ketamine therapy in particular is it, it allows us to immediately break out of our default mode network, which is kind of our, our operating system that that's imprinted and, and, and kind of sad, we settle into it in our late adolescence. But in, in the way that we show up in the world, our triggers, our, our the way that we re- react to things and respond to things, and and it, over time, you know, we it just becomes our our default operating system. And as we age, you know, you'll always hear somebody referring to you know, their sibling or their parents or their grandparents, and somebody's just so stuck in their ways and they can't see out of it or see things in a different perspective. And that's you know, a lot of times it's not their fault; it's just the way our brain works and with with certain types of, of psychedelic medicine and and done under the guidance i, I always recommend uh, with with a structured program or the guidance of a professional because these mind you know things that can put you into a alter state of consciousness can be very they can be as as traumatic as they can be therapeutic if not done if not done properly and, and it allows us to, like so many of our patients say that one session was equivalent to 
five years of talk therapy or or X amount of time. You know, they, they, they say, I have been going and, and talking to somebody for so long and and I just haven't been able to to get through this or or I keep ruminating on these same things and 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 I can't change my my kind of perspective on it. And with a couple of sessions with with ketamine therapy, immediately they 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 can have those kind of breakthrough or aha moments or epiphanies and and be able to look at something without that a normal that normal emotional charge. Do you ever find the it's like a this is the last straw here. Like I've tried therapy, I've tried this, I've tried, you know, some of the endorphins that exercise might bring to to help push things over the edge a little. But do you think that psychedelics is like a people only go to it if they have to? Or do you think there are people out there that will do it, whether it's microdosing or anything like that, just to help take the edge off and help things get a little bit easier? So, Michael, that's an excellent question because things have changed dramatically, um, especially in the United States in the last few years, especially since since you know we started we started this. For me, it was a last stop. For there's there's a uh, derivative S ketamine which is called Spravato. It's a Johnson and Johnson pharmaceutical uh, version of of ketamine therapy, and that has to be done you know, in office. It uh, can only be prescribed if if the the patient has failed two or more traditional antidepressants, and and, and the, there's all these other you know, hoops that you have to go through for that particular particular treatment and in a lot of times you know i i wish and and, and, and yeah and, and a lot of the like insurance benefits companies or employee benefits companies that i'd spoken to you know a few years ago they would show me the data that they have and that is that they would spend x amount of dollars on uh, on employees going through years of different antidepressants and different therapies. And then they would pay for a round of, of ketamine treatments, whether it was you know, in office or at home, uh, virtually guided treatment. And they would see after that, instead of you know, monthly medications or, or a daily pill or, or, or weekly therapy sessions, that they would go through a, a month or two of these treatments, like once or twice a week. And then after that, for most of the, 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 those people that they wouldn't see uh, you know, maybe six months later, eight months later, that they would come back, you know, in to do another round or say once, once a week or once every couple of weeks as kind of a booster maintenance thing. But they saw that they were saving a tremendous amount of money on their employees by giving them ketamine therapy and, and as a but it was as a last resort right so then they they approached us because they wanted to to make that a first resort when people are struggling with depression and anxiety so it's an excellent question michael and and the the amount of people that the media has done a tremendous job right educating people about the benefits of psychedelic medicine and psychedelic therapy and given the global status of of things with with the covid and then war and you know now we're going into to possibly another another major or two two major wars and and the the status of 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 everybody's collective consciousness and and, and mental health is is at a very interesting 
uh, inflection point. And you see people, if you hear about, you know, there's, there's countless shows on Netflix and on, and documentaries. And if you turn on any episodic or crime show or anything or, or HBO, you're going to see shows where they're referring to uh, psychedelics as, as medicine and psychedelic therapy and or Michael Pollan's, you know, how to change your mind. So the, 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 the media has done a tremendous job on re-educating people about the benefits of these things, because, you know, for the last 60, 50, 50 years, we've been told that these are all things that will kill you and there's no medicinal value to them and they will ruin your life and ruin your brain when for a lot of these things, it's the exact opposite. Uh, so we're seeing microdosing is, is for psilocybin to become a tremendous, tremendous trend and, and definitely has, has its benefits for, for increasing neural uh, neuroplasticity and, and new neural pathways. But my theory, I think somebody wants to try that as an alternative to SSRIs, all for it. It's still illegal. It's still, you know, there's, when, when you have something that's illegal, it's the supply chain is, is, is challenging and, you know, not knowing if there's something's going to be consistent uh, or, or be able to get it regularly in a safe, in a safe manner. So that's, you know, that's a, that's a challenge. The other part of, of, like if you're if you're looking at uh, psilocybin or, or or microdosing, it's it's you're still putting software on a a damaged computer if if you're taking it for for particularly depression, and what ketamine therapy does it allows you to achieve that it's like a control alt delete so it kind of wipes white or it's defragging the hard drive it kind of wipes the years of, or buildup of chronic chronic stress and, and, and negative thought patterns and, and being able to kind of wipe it clean and then supplementing it with, you know, something on top of it can, you know, where I think we've, we've seen the most success, but the preventative or, or spiritual exploration, or like we're, we're seeing more of that, unfortunately. So, so ketamine therapy is legal in all 50 States, right. Under, under a, uh, clinical supervision or a doctor's prescri prescription. The challenge with with that is that you have to be diagnosed with depression or anxiety or PTSD to to uh, be prescribed. There's also like at pain clinics and in, in, in person, they also prescribe you know IV ketamine in, in person, but. You know, people come to us and they say, hey, I am going through a tough time right now, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm depressed or uh, we work with, uh, heavily with with a lot of in, in, in churches and, and different different types of churches. And and, uh, and they a lot of people come to us and say, hey, this I, I want to be closer to to my spirituality. Or I want to explore my spirituality. Or I want to be, become closer to my, my religion and, and, and all kinds of different things. Or if somebody has uh, tinnitus in their ear, you know, there's, there's all these different things that people come to us for and say, Hey, I've heard that ketamine has helped so-and-so and I want to try it for this. And if it's not something that you know, falls within the scope of, of treatment or off-label treatment uh, that's, that can be relevant to it, then unfortunately it, it can't be safely uh, prescribed for for those things so i i wish there was a a way that that people could come in and say hey you know i'm feeling i'm feeling stressed out and 
and I, I've, I've read, I've done my research and, and seen the science behind this. And, and, you know, before I, I go into something else, I want to try this. Uh, but if we, if there's not a clinical diagnosis, clinical diagnosis, it's unavailable for them. Now, what you rushed over, Derek, and there's a part of me that doesn't really just want to leave it there, is this cross between psychedelics, the experience, and spirituality slash religion. There's a lot of kind of, if you have psychedelics and you have the experience, that is akin to a religious one and potentially can cause people to, whether it's believe in the religious story that they believe in even stronger because of the experience or there are people that would say that the psychedelic experience is a way of replacing that or potentially what people had way back when that they are then putting into a religious context after the fact what are your thoughts on things like psychedelics and being close to religious experiences so michael that's so there's a lot to to unpack there, and 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 that could be an entire you know we we, we could I could dive into this all day because because of what what we do in in the spiritual um in this what we call spiritual medicine realm, and and I've done this and you know not just in in uh, Judaism, Buddhism, Christianity. It's 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 you know it's very interesting for what it can do because for, for, for example, the, the, before I, I, I'd ever had my first, uh, or I, sorry, after, before we started better you, but it was after I'd had my first ketamine therapy session, I was maybe six months later, I was having uh, dinner with a friend who a sister was, was the head of epidemiology at, at Stanford. So it came up to, to, to Stanford to, uh, have dinner and just learn more about what's going on with the pandemic, with you know vaccines, what's going on in the world, and and just b- become more educated. And at that dinner was uh, assistant to doc- Dr. Uh, George Greer, who's the, was the head of psych- uh, psychedelic medicine and, and research at at Stanford. And I'd shared this is, this is the first time outside of people like my very very close immediate circle that I had shared that. I was suicidal and ketamine therapy you know, saved my life. I was, it was probably the first time I felt like somebody would understand me or connect to me when, when I said, when I shared that, instead of thinking I was, uh, or, or, or looking down upon or, or having judgment about my life or, or my, my experience. And, and, and I did. And he said, you know, what are you, what are you doing tomorrow? And I, he's like, I want, I want to show you what, what, what we do here. And I had the ability to sit in, well, I mean, at first I had the ability to learn about what they were doing with things like Ibogaine for opiate addiction, and MDMA for PTSD and and uh, an analog of LSD for Alzheimer's. And it opened up my my whole world. I was like, how like this is, you know, this isn't just the future of medicine. This is the future of, of mankind solving really, really big problems and, and giving people hope. And I was able to kind of be essentially a fly on the wall for uh, for these uh, hospice patients, and there was, there was six or seven of them, the end of, end of life care, and they were they were undergoing ketamine therapy for for the first time. And uh, I ended up I ended up coming back up there and essentially staying putting most of my time up there for the next like six seven weeks, 
And it was able, it was some of the most profound experiences I had was, was just witnessing these people that were coming out of a session that, you know, had, had lost their family members and, and, and most of their friends. And they were in uh, extended, extended periods of, of, of chronic pain and, and heavily, you know, either like medicated and, and it's just very, very, very sad and lost a lot of hope and, and we're in a very challenging, dark place waiting, you know, waiting to transition to, to move on or for, for this chapter to end. And almost every single time after, after those sessions that they would come out of it with almost the, the, you know, a sim, a similar experience and, and most of them coming out in, in in tears of joy and saying things like, "I am I am no longer afraid to die. Um, I feel I feel happy with the life that I've lived, and I, I've never felt this connected to 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 God or or to to the universe. And it was so so beautiful, and I didn't. You know, I, I hadn't explored the, the the medicine you know enough at that time to to really understand like how it could be applicable on 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 not just uh, you know on a neurobiological level or or changing our perspective, but really on on that spiritual level. And for for thousands of years, different types of psychedelics have been used uh, for religious purposes and for ceremonious purposes or or coming of age purposes and and getting clarity on, 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 on things and in, in life and life experiences and working with different, different religions. It's so fascinating because you'll see people that become much, much more connected to, to their, their religion or their spirituality and, and, and to themselves. And at the same time, you, you know, I've, I've come across, a lot, a lot of people that would that are very involved in their their communities and or, or their churches and and or, or synagogues or you know what what have you, and they come out of it and they say something or that that they no longer feel that well, while they feel this connection to to their higher higher being. Or to, to their God, that they don't feel that what they've been teaching or what they've been practicing is is right, right? And 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 I think it becomes it helps people become more spiritual and less religious, <laughs> if, if if that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I, the reason why I I wanted to ask is very often we we realize that science may may or may not replace religion eventually and i think it's still going to be a while before that happens and religion will always have a place as long as you're a, a good human being i guess whether you're religious or not it's all about you know being a good human and it, it's making me question whether or not psychedelics will actually help us understand religion a bit more or replace it and i wonder what what your thoughts are on that as well yeah, that's. I don't know if it will ever say in a, in a term re replace it, but I think for for I've seen so many people where where it brings them brings them cl much closer to their spirituality and 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 that connection 
that connection to to themselves, which which is beautiful, right? I also understand and 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 am a, am a spiritual person. I am not a religious person. I also understand that every you know, major war and 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 strife and 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 crime and and division that that exists uh, globally and in our communities is is because of different religious beliefs and and things that you know, a lot of things that are very uh, archaic and and don't make sense that were written thousands of years ago that people you know live to the T on or believe in stories that were made to to make us uh, you know, make us become better, better people, or 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 stories that give us give us this perspective, right? But but then you have the other side of it, or you know, I think extremism or 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 uh, unwavering belief in in text for a religion for something. You know, if you just yeah, like you said, if you look at the science behind it, right? Or people that that, that, that believe in that Noah's Ark was was a real thing, <laughs> or you know, just there's things that. And if you believe that uh, if, if if somebody is doesn't have the same sexuality as you, that they're going to hell, or yeah. that if yeah. you eat a certain thing that you if you eat a certain type of meat that you know that's a sin, going to hell, or if you you know like marriage was was is is a construct, and I think that's a beautiful agreement between two people, right? But if you think that if you know they just just think these are all man made things, right? That that change over time and so when you have people that like i'm right you're wrong this is my religion this is why like if, if you're connected to your spirituality and and you believe in your 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 god and it helps you feel connection and, and leads this positive change or impact in your life it's all for it right but unfortunately that you know there's so many of these different types of religions that people and they, they they get carried away <laughs> and 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 it's and it's very harmful to to people on a global scale and and like I I and I love I love going to like a, a, a non denominational uh, church where, where there's this, this, this beautiful one in West LA where you walk in there's a picture of, of Buddha of Gandhi of, of, of Jesus of you know a, a multitude of other different types of, of religions and all different kinds of people. And they're just there celebrating life and love and, and that kind of universal currency of, of connection and, and, and happiness and joy. And I think that is, is beautiful and fascinating. And, and I didn't even, I didn't know a place like that existed until, until, you know, a friend brought me into it. And, and it's like, this is something I can connect to. Right. But the, the churches that I grew up you know, going to as a kid were very, very shame driven, negative driven, judgment driven, you know, judging yourself as there's a man in the sky pointing at you. And if you're doing these things, you know, you're, you're wrong or they're wrong. And these other people that don't agree with this, they're wrong. Right. And it just creates, like I grew up in a small little, you know, redneck town in uh, Northern Wisconsin where it's not the most educated people and not, not the brightest. And, uh, the you know if there was a a different religion in the community that wasn't you know that your your cookie cutter christianity like that was or or it's funny because there was actually like two different cults that, <laughs> that lived uh that lived in this small town of five thousand people that i grew up in and but instead of 
you know, closed minded as a child, like your, your parents, you know, you're, 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 you're educating you and then communities educating you and schools educating you. And it's like, if something doesn't fit in or if something's different or it doesn't agree or align with your belief system, then it's wrong. And, and I think that's a very wrong and skewed way to look at the world. And, and I think that the more that our political leaders and the more that our spiritual leaders and the more that any leader uh, that's making any type of decision or impact, I feel like that, that that should be a requirement to hold, you know, hold office or, or to lead an organization is that they should go through some form of psychedelic therapy, guided psychedelic therapy, because it will help them become more true to themselves and, and more aligned with, with themselves. Uh, because a lot of people that I've found that I've discovered in, in, in this journey and in something that helped me tremendously is that, you know, that you can't, you should not be making decisions on behalf of others when you can't even be true to yourself. And, and most of us, most of us aren't right. Like I, like I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't realize you know, until, until I reached my darkest points that everything I was doing in my life for you know, up until I was 30 ish years old, that was based on external validation from my career to my relationships, to everything was based on this external, you know, external things. Right. And, and when those external things can, can take a, you know, can, can, there, everything's fluid everything changes right and and when things can turn around at the end of the day all you have is all you have is yourself and and spirituality is is you know there's the biopsychosocial spheres that we have to have in order like the, the happiness isn't happiness is not psychedelics right mental health is not psychedelics you know mental health is also and happiness isn't religion it isn't exercise right it isn't nutrition right but what it is is, is a combination of of all of these things and this recipe and this work that, that you have to do and the spirituality piece i think is is a critical component of it because you know you have to in order to to be able to bring more love and light into the world you have to be able to fill up fill up your own cup first and, and i think this goes true for for atheism as well as you know even if the, you don't believe in a a higher power you think that nothing happens after you pass away like that's you know that's another belief and and that's okay but you know, if they're, they're, these, these types of medicines will help you understand that there is a collective energy there is a collective consciousness and and there always has been and there always will be now we've, we've talked a lot at the moment today <laughs> tonight about the idea of like health and mental health and trying to help people that are struggling or suffering with something that's mental that psychedelics can be helpful and effective for. But what about the other end of the spectrum? What about pushing the boundaries? What about decision making? What about helping people unlock themselves a little, Derek? I think there might be people out there that are thinking, right, well, maybe I don't necessarily have anything in air quotes wrong with me or anything that might need help with but what if i want to push the boundaries what if i want to achieve my potential as a person how can psychedelics help with that 
So that is, I'm trying to think of the best way to answer that in a uh, somewhat, <laughs> somewhat uh, politically correct and, and legal way. Uh, looking at, you know, what, what we do is, is primarily focused on, on mental health. But if you look at globally what psychedelic medicines or psychedelic treatments or psychedelic therapies or recreational use of psychedelics, whatever it is, the, the global influence that these types of things have had on people, whether it's, you know, music from, you know, from, from artists, from the, the Beatles, Pink Floyd, Jimi Hendrix, The Doors, uh, David Bowie, Prince, Beach Boys, right? some of the biggest, most influential musicians of, of the, that have shaped uh, culture and 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 every single person you know, can can in, in in the country can understand or relate to or has heard these things. They, they, these are all have you know, psych psychedelic medicine or psychedelic uh, type of type of influence. If you look at regardless of your feelings of, of, of this person, if you look at what he's accomplished in his life as the most successful and wealthiest person in, in the world, Elon Musk, while, you know, he does have some pretty out there uh, views that have come to light, you know, over the last couple of years, his, his genius and brilliance and what he's pioneered uh, with, with electric cars, with, with PayPal, with SpaceX, and these types of things while being very heavily advocating uh, about psychedelic use. If you look at the tech boom and tech bubble and apps that we use every day and then affect uh, global commerce and, and the, the trillions of dollars, these were used, you know, uh, the, these companies advocate for their employees to, to microdose uh, psilocybin. And, and, and now a lot of these these larger tech companies that, that make a global that have this huge influence are providing ketamine therapy for for their employees to help them uh, become better better leaders and and, and explore teamwork and, and connection and, and problem solving together. So back to you know, the, the the very beginning, Michael, is that when we said like, what is the definition of psychedelic? Right, it's that that window into the soul, right, or the, or the perspective. So I firmly believe that anything in life, whether it's personal, financial, relationships, uh, business, almost almost anything can be can be solved with a, a shift in perspective. And this is what these different types of, of medicines can do. And that's my very broad <laughs> answer answer to that. But if you if you look at what these different things are for, right? If somebody is looking for spiritual exploration and they're like, I want to go because, because these are all things that can, or they're looking for uh, broadening their horizon or neural enhancement or neural protection or expanding their brains. The, the science behind uh, ketamine therapy or mushrooms, psilocybin, LSD, you know, these are all very powerful things that, uh, that I believe you should have something, you know, a shaman or somebody that's very experienced or or a clinician to help guide you through this journey because you know your your sense of time and space, you know, can can be distorted, which can be scary for for people if you're not ready for that for that journey of that ride yet. But the science behind 
all three of these things of what it does to our our brain and kind of this imagine it as this fertilizer for the brain so you're you're sparking new connections you're making parts of your brain connect to each other that normally don't communicate normally don't speak and when we can do these things responsibly and and ethically and in a, in a safe setting and safe environment if if the war on drugs never happened or the war on psychedelics particularly and that never happened we would be in a much 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 different world right now if if the if the united states wasn't so overprescribed and overdiagnosed uh, benzos and antidepressants where we're numbing things and we're we're not feeling darkness we're not feeling sadness we're also not feeling happiness we're also not feeling remorse and people do terrible things you know as opposed to the opposite where people you know would be feeling more connection and more connection to the universe more connection to themselves like nobody's out there uh, shooting you know or, or killing innocent animals or 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 killing people because of their different belief systems or structures because because they feel a connection to to other people they do it because they're so disconnected from themselves like one of the most fascinating fascinating things that was was a, it was a big news headline i don't know maybe like a year ago and and it was a white supremacist with swastikas tattooed all over himself and he went underwent psychedelic therapy treatment and immediately and it was like I have been living this this terrible, terrible life filled with hate. That like you know he's like I I, I need like need help escaping escaping this this community that I've I've, I've become a, a big part of because I don't believe in any of these things. Like none of these things are true, and this is like this this very very toxic and and terrible programming and people. You know, outside of outside of mental health, right? If, if people can find some more connection uh, to to themselves, that we, we would be in a much much different world. And and people do that, you know, without psychedelics. I and mean, there's there's and there's things uh, outside of psychedelic medicine. You can do hol holotropic breath work and and induce a psychedelic experience. You can do trans uh, uh, transcendental meditation, and and it takes a lot, a lot, a lot of practice. But you can get to a, a a psychedelic state from that, right? So it's it's really about changing our perspective, and I'm all all for anybody that that wants to do these things for for uh, expanding their their own potential and finding purpose in life. I wish we could prescribe this for people that every single person that they're going into a university, like you know the like one of the number one things I was talking to a. a uh, guy that owns this company uh, into it that that uh, is one of the largest education educational uh, global schools uh, around the, the world and he said the number one thing that people come come in for uh, to the the therapist or psychiatrist for is that the stress and anxiety around choosing their major right nobody knows what they want to do when they're that age they're they have ideas yeah. they have yeah. things they've researched right like i had no idea i was going to do the last three different things i did with my life right <laughs> and and that's okay right but we, we we have this programming that like we you know we, we hit a certain age and we have to make a decision then and because you're, you're planning for your future right and you have to you have to 
find a skill set where that makes you happy and, and, and adds value to the world. But it's an unrealistic expectation to give these kids and, and, and say, hey, well, you'll make money doing this or you'll be happy doing this. Like, I think here, lay out some options and give, um, what is that? It's the Japanese, uh, I can't remember the name, I'm blanking on it, but it's a three circles, right? Find what you're good at, find what makes you happy, find this, right? And, and, and do, that, do that exercise and now come into it and do a psychedelic therapy session trying to explore that answer right and and i think that like if we if we could if we could make that a, a a standard going into education i think we'd have people that are a lot more successful and a lot lot happier with 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 their career choices and, and with their jobs so the the impact that it can make uh on on a global scale very very quickly with things like you know if you if you're in, if you're in colorado oregon you can legally access, you know, you, you can legally get psychedelic therapy. You can legally get psilocybin. And the other, you know, in the rest of the country, you can legally, in a safe, uh, controlled, or even at home environment, get ketamine therapy and access to to a a a legal, uh, spiritual or or personal or thought expansion. You know, whatever it is that you're going in for, as long as it's as long as you or have some sort of mental illness, uh, or, or I, I do not like using that, that term. If you're going through something and, and other treatments haven't, haven't been effective for you, like there is access to these things, right. But then only, it's only after you, you are prescribed, you're diagnosed with something, but then, you know, once you get through, through working on those core things, the, the beauty of this is, is like so, so many times, Patients will say, I, you know, I came into this because I, I was at chronic stress at work and, and, and it was, I've been losing my mind and it's just, it's been going on for too long and I don't know what to do and nothing's helping. And then a month later, you know, after a couple of sessions, they're talking to their integration coach or therapist, they'll say, you know, I never came into this with the intention of quitting drinking alcohol or quitting smoking cigarettes, but I did because I realized my relationship with these things is terrible and, and it's causing nothing but harm to me and my life and my loved ones. And I also realized like I'm you know kind of an asshole <laughs> or, or I'm bringing a lot of this unnecessary stress or energy into my relationships or to my children. And like, you know, what, what am I doing? And so it, it allowed me to, to change all of these things that I never a acknowledged or understood that we're there or B I didn't have the intention of doing it. Right. But it gives you this, this, this clarity. And, and yeah. And like we touched on before is, is the, the finding purpose and spiritual exploration and, and like all the different things that the people can use this for. And some of the most incredible arts, music and films and, and sculptures, you know, have have this this influence. I mean, look look at all all of the Disney movies, the children's movies uh, of, of of you know the the ones that you know at least I grew up on in, in the, the late '80s, early '90s. You know, Fan, Fantasia, Beauty and the Beast, like uh, Snow White and Seven Doors, like all of these have very heavily, uh, very heavily psychedelic influence. All the kids show TV shows back then, every Nickelodeon show. Uh, you know, Ren and Stimpy, like all these things. You you look at these things when you're older, and you're like, and have gone through psychedelic experiences, and you're like, it was SpongeBob SquarePants, right? All, all of these things are clearly have a significant influence of of things that aren't 
aren't there without some sort of uh, external external uh, push or catalyst, right? And and this medicine or these these different types of of of, of, of therapies or treatments, you know, they're not by any means a cure all for 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 anything, right? But what they are is a a catalyst for us to be able to explore new thought patterns or give us the motivation and clarity to become better people. But I mean, you still got to do the work, but it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a shortcut. I wonder what your thoughts would be on, you know, you mentioned like people making better decisions and being clearer and actually quite like the smoking and alcohol analogy, because some people might just sit there and think it's, it just doesn't simply make sense anymore to, to keep doing these things. I don't understand why I ever started. And sometimes it is like shifting perspective, as you said, but what do you think would stop happening or no longer be a thing if people that are 16, 18, they went through psychedelic experiences before they, let's say, choose the major or went to college slash university or decided on their first job. Because I'm picturing some industries would almost completely dissolve um, if that happened. Oh, 1000%. That's a, a great, uh, you know, a great perspective, a great you know statement because I have seen personally, and we've, so I grew up in a town, like I said, of, of I don't know, five thousand ish people. We've now treated more people than than the town that I grew up in, and I think that was probably the first time that I felt like I was really, really making a difference. And you know, after the you know, the, the first uh, the first patient that I had connected with, that I was just walking down the street and. And, or sorry, I was, I was at a, a hotel rooftop and and this person came up to me and I'm wearing a shirt and she goes, better you, save save my fucking life. And I was like, wait, what? And she you know, shared her story and her journey and what she was doing prior and and how had she become suicidal. And now her career trajectory, you know, life had, had changed and is on this whole different, other beautiful, brilliant path. And entire industries, like you said, so I mean, we have, we have, People that work for, I mean, we, we, we have people that had gone through, you know, their own transformation with psychedelic medicine, their own perspective and, and finding purpose. And, and they've you know left their, their careers or their callings and came to work for us. And, and somebody on my team that she's in her mid fifties and, and went back to school to, you know, to become, to become a therapist and uh, after healing her, her, her own trauma and, and the people that you know, we get up and and we do things every day for for a paycheck, or we get up and do things every day, you know, to to make ends meet, or we get up and do things every day because because we have to, right? But with that choice of what we do, right, and, and that choice of of you know, there, there's people out there that you know, right now are are in a bulldozer going through the rainforest, killing killing animals that are almost endangered, right? There's people right now that are working in factory farm slaughterhouses for, for McDonald's, right? That, because, because, because they have to, right. But, but there's, there's things, a lot of, a lot of things happening there that are 
very, very negative that people like that's that's their profession. There's you know, if you're you're working for an an, an oil company and and what like what this is doing to to our environments and killing the world, you're working even even working at, at actually I don't know if I want to get into the, the pharmaceutical world, but you know, there's there's things that we get up and do every day to make ends meet because we have to, right? But there's also our our moral conscious and our our moral our our collective conscious and our, and our moral compass that is it's, it's, it's our choice, right? It's, it's, we have to make ends meet, but we can, can we do it in a way that, that isn't causing harm to our communities, to our families, to our friends, it's going to make this place, this world a little bit better instead of, instead of making it worse. And, and I love what you said is like, would, there's entire industries that wouldn't exist if people felt and, and, and leadership at different you know, industries that would, that I, I believe would make, or I would hope that would make major major changes if not leave their industries or, or or help influence change in their industries if they understood it's like had that connection of, of and, and cared about the the detriments to to society that they're doing i would completely agree with that and i think the whole world would be better if we're able to think clearly and as you said let go of the the baggage of the past and i'd be really keen for people listening to get involved, maybe try the work that you're up to at Better You. So how can people find out about you, Derek, and Better You, and how can people get involved? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the best thing that you can do, or the best way to, to find us is uh, on our website. So it's Better You Care, just the letter U. Uh, so betteryoucare.com. Uh, our social media handles are all at, at Better You Care. And... They that's that that's the easiest way to to reach us. Either uh, send a message from from social media channels, or go on the site and fill out fill out an intake, or give us a call. The best way to get involved is is if you you know show up and this is this is how I want you to get involved. I want you to try something that's going to feel silly if you've never done it before, but I want you to wake up for the next seven days and 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 the first thing you do is look in the mirror and and write down a list of, of I don't know, 30 to 40 positive affirmations or a contract with yourself a belief system about yourself and wake up every day and 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 before you do anything go to the bathroom mirror and start saying these positive affirmations to yourself because that is something that really 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 helped me change the trajectory of, of of my life and my belief system so you know whether or not you want to be ready to explore psychedelic therapy and we don't do you know we do we do talk therapy as well we're expanding into different programs like sexual health uh all, all types of different things um and outside of just talk therapy and, and psychedelic therapy uh and and veteran reintegration programs etc but something you know, my mission is is to, and our mission is to help people become the best versions of, the, of themselves. And and a, a mentor that helped me a long time ago uh, asked me, he goes, what's the first thing that you tell yourself every day? And I said, I, I don't know. And then I thought about it and he goes, yeah, that's, that's a problem. And he gave me his list or his contract of the first kind of 10 minutes of how he starts his day of what he tells himself, his agreements with himself, his positive affirmations, his beliefs about himself and repeats those every day. And, and I tried it first and felt really silly and like woo woo science. 
And then I started doing it and stuck with it and it completely changed my life. So anybody would like uh, some assistance with, with that, uh, and I'm happy to share uh, my core system that I repeat to myself every day that's helped me. Uh, so send send me a message uh, on you know, through through our website at betteryoucare.com or through social media channels. It's uh, Derek Duchesne or De- at Derek, D-E-R-E-K-D-D-D on, on some platforms. Uh, and, and send me a message and say, hey, heard this podcast and I'm interested in, in starting my day like this. And I'll send you I'll send you uh, a message with with my contract that, that, that's helped me and hopefully it will help you too. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Those that are listening, feel free to subscribe, share the show, tell others, and also leave a review wherever you are listening in to your podcasts. Derek, thanks so much for joining me. I really enjoyed it, and I look forward to keeping in touch. Thanks very much. Thank you so much, Michael. I appreciate you.